0: All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am with business owner, CEO. She goes by the name of Robin Riddick. You sound
1: so extraordinary. I know. You are so extraordinary.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I know you, but now I want my guests to know you. So I want to just, you know, sit back and have a conversation with you, ask you a few questions, let you tell us a little bit about you and, you know, what you have going on, how you hustle, uh, you're Mm -hmm. you're doing, doing your own thing. But so, you know, so look, let's let's dive right in, man. First of all, tell us, tell them, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, professionally, I don't want to know your deep (laughs) dog. That's for save that for another show. But just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I am Robin Riddick. I am a hairstylist and colorist. Um, I am located at the Salon Lofts in Beachwood, Ohio. I have been a stylist professionally for the last six years. Um, been doing styling, kind of all my life since high school. Um, okay, but my journey is a little unique. Unique. Yes,
0: that's a very interesting word. Unique.
1: This is a second career. Okay. For me. So. Okay.
0: What? Well, what? Well, that's that's dope. Take us back to the first career, and and tell us a little bit about that.
1: I. Was, and still am, I still maintain my license, but I was a master level social worker, licensed social worker. Okay. And I was in the field for about five or six years before I transitioned back into the beauty industry.
0: Okay. What What did you do and as far as like, I know you said social work, but like, you know, like elaborate on that like a little bit. Tell us like, kind of like, were you the type of person that went, took kids out of the home no, or did you just kind of like.
1: <laughs> no. Like, you know, <laughs> I was it the, what they call a kid snatcher.
0: Oh, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> In air
1: quotes. Uh, no, I didn't do that. Um, I worked with adults with mental illness. Oh, wow. I worked with the perinatal population um, at one point. Mm-hmm. And I worked with truant and unruly children.
0: Truant and unruly? Mm uh-huh. hmm. Yeah. So, they had to come see you kind of like as a punishment or did you kind of like, well, I guess you would kind of help them through their, why were they even truant? Like, what's the deal? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they were truant and they were unruly. So, um, yes, it was a a court order program. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So, you had to go to their homes yes, or you had to go? Yes, or
1: they... I, I um, went into the home. Like, I was in the field, in Two of my jobs that I had, um, that one, and when I worked with adults with mental illness, mm-hmm. I was in the field, going to homes, to, uh, transporting clients to appointments, going to court dates, different wow. things like that.
0: Dang. Um Man, that that sounds like super cool and fulfilling. Like, what, what made you want to stop doing that? I mean, I say, for, I think it's fulfilling <laughs> just because... Anytime you can get a chance to help kids or, or save them, you know, because evidently you, you saw the kids that were completely heading down the wrong road. So, I figure you was getting a chance to save them.
1: No. Um, no. And that is the misconception a lot with um, social work and these programs and different things like that. There really is no savior. Right. In any of this. Um, sometimes the work... Is not rewarding. Mm-hmm. You don't go into social work because of that, right?
0: What to save? To save. Why do you um, go into it?
1: I my position on that is either you are a social worker or you are not. I have seen many times where people get into the profession because they think that it's easy, mm-hmm. um, or they get into it for other re- reasons other than to help. Right. Right. Um. No. For me, I'm gonna. Personally, say don't ever get into the profession thinking that you're going to save. Right. No. Um. It is stressful. It's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. not glitz and glam. Um. It's stressful, and that is ultimately why I decided to make the change that I did. Okay. Uh, I had a passion. Um. Doing hair, servicing people that way right right um has always been a passion of mine, but social work was too, so I feel very fortunate that I was able to be able to do two things that I really love to do, okay, um but ultimately, um there's no better teacher than being thrown into some situation, so you kind of know, okay, um what you're willing to do, mm-hmm. what you want to continue to do and what you don't.
0: Right, right. So tell us kind of about how you navigated your career change and then what even made you want to change? Well I know well you didn't hate I it. was
1: getting I didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. um it was stressful. Right, right. Um but I have always been good at kind of disconnecting not taking work home with me. Mm-hmm. I really did have two separate lives. I was not the social worker. And and not to say that things did not um, bother me or weigh on me. But I did a very good job of why I'm here doing this. This mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. When I go home to my personal life and my home life and my family, this is what it is. Um, But, you know, just too much stress. Right. And I'm a person who, when I am stressed, it shows physically. So I might feel fine, but then I'll wind up in a hospital, exhausted, Girl, inflamed, colon. What didn't happen to you? Yeah. You not... <laughs> Those things. And then, you know, wow. weird things. And then a doctor would be like, oh, it's all stress induced. So, you know, nah.
0: From being stressed, would land you in the hospital.
1: Yep. That's crazy. In 2013, mm-hmm. my aunt, who was a social worker for over 25 years um died suddenly she had a massive heart attack at work and passed away wow so that was an eye-opener and i mean she had that's the only thing that she had ever done she was a social worker she was going to retire um two in two years Mm -hmm. she had everything planned out to retirement literally all she had to do was get to that day and it was planned for her everything was in place and she didn't ever get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. She didn't even make it to that. And that was an eye opener for me. Make sure that you do. And not saying that she didn't love what she did. Yeah. But tomorrow is not promised. Right. So you are essentially working, living for retirement. When I retire, I'm gonna do A, B, C. And right. D. You gotta
0: live for the moment. You have to
1: live for the moment. Right, and right. so I decided to do that. And I decided that whatever I did was mm. gonna be something that I love to do. Right. And that was easy for me.
0: Oh, that's dope! So, like, were you like the kid on the block doing hair, like you know,
1: like in, in doing your school, friends' hair? Yeah, like in you... high school, I was. I, I was. My mom allowed me to do hair out of my bedroom.
0: Really? How? How old? Oh, 15,
1: 16 In high. In high school.
0: Getting paid for it, or just like you just do your friends. My
1: friends, I mean, yeah, yeah. they slide me ten dollars for you know right, whatever. Right, right. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have an enterprise. It wasn't, <laughs> well, yeah. it wasn't like what you hear now right. or what you see now. Like I have friends who have daughters, like they setting up shop. These babies making their money. Right. It wasn't that, right, right. <laughs> but you know, um, enough to get my feet wet. I had my few little friends that would regularly come through. I would do my hair. I would do my aunt's hair. I would do my grandmother's hair. So that's kind of um, how I got started. Um, and then when I graduated from high school, um, it was very—it was made very clear mm-hmm. um, I was going to college. So okay. after my first year of college, my parents let me take the ten-week nail tech okay. course. So I got my nail license.
0: Oh, that's dope.
1: Right. So, I um, got my nail license, and I did nails while I was uh, finishing undergrad. Professionally? Professionally,
0: You You yes. had a clientele.
1: had a clientele. I worked at Hair First. Ooh, shout out to Hair First. Shout um, out to Hair First. Okay. I worked for my mentor, my Maida Mournay, doing nails at that time, and then Maybe a year or two later, I had stopped doing nails, but I returned, and I was the receptionist okay. for the shop. So, always had a toe-in, foot-in, hand-in. In the, the beauty, beauty industry. In yeah,
0: okay. Yeah,
1: and then when I wasn't, like, doing nails or doing reception, I'm a, a lifetime client. Like That's it. I'm I'm in the shop every week, you know, getting my hair done and interacting with the ladies and everything like that, so...
0: It's been my life. Man, that's super, super dope. Like, to, to just navigate yourself from being in the what we call the corporate world to kind of going into more like working for somebody. Because you kind of, I guess, was like on the yeah. commission or whatever yeah, first, uh-huh. doing nails or whatever. And then...
1: What... And then even when, um even with the career change, when I went into being a stylist, a hairstylist, yeah. I was on commission uh, my first year. Okay. Yeah, before I branched out on my own and began to build my own business, Um, which I would recommend. I don't suggest anybody do anything trying to conquer the world, and I'm going to do this straight out of school. And see, that's that's, that's, any age. That's the right way, too, I believe. Even second career, I was 30. Mm hmm. You have to get up under somebody's mentorship. Yeah. Um, benefit from somebody's experiences. Allows to, allow yourself to be teachable. Allow somebody to teach you something. I'm still being taught. I, I think that no matter how old you are, no matter what area you're in, mm-hmm. you need a mentor. Right. Yeah. So a mentor, um, what I call a sister circle, some you know, decent counterparts that everybody can play to their strengths and share their experiences. Everybody is not good because at everything, yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and a, a team is, is where it's at these days, as yeah. far as, as at least getting especially coming straight out of school or, or just getting into the field. Man, you definitely need to get up under somebody yeah. and, and get that, you know, And support. Um,
1: you see it, I see it, yeah. Um, everybody is big on the team of me, Mm -hmm. you know, I do this and I do that and I am this and my brand and everything like that. And once you, for me, coming from the school that I come from, learning from who I've learned from and just, um, having different experiences, it's so not about that. Right. (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. Not about that. Um, about being in the forefront, being seen, and it, it's so not about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, passion has to drive you to do whatever it is that you're doing. Money cannot be your only driving factor.
0: Oh, uh, agreed. Having
1: your name and lights cannot be your only driving factor. It's it, got- it has to be passion driven, and to me, something bigger than you.
0: That that reason why? That, that reason
1: why. This yeah. is so much bigger than you. Oh, yeah. You. It is not even you know mm-hmm. at, at the beginning and the end of every day I service other people. It's not even about me. Right. I'm the v vi- you know the vehicle or the instrument that gets used to do the service. It's mm-hmm. not about me. And at man, all. I
0: know I know people feel so good when they get their hair done because I know you know I train or whatever. Um, but I know people feel good, man. Cause it it seemed like you the way you make people feel. Money can't replace that. It cannot. You know what I mean. I always was like, man, I wish. I could do this for free, or the government or somebody paid me yeah. because people love how you make them feel, man. So yeah, I know,
1: I, and it's and it is so similar to social work. Mm-hmm. Um, just with it, sometimes the results are instant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes we're working toward a hair goal. We're trying yeah, yeah, to restore yeah. the health of the hair, whatever. But you know, when you have a client cry in your presence because. They thought you know their hair was so damaged, mm. and you were able to make them feel beautiful yeah. or they come in with a heavy heart, and you're able to share with them and you know talk to them. nothing beats that
0: nothing i, I can I can imagine I can definitely imagine um so so what what is one thing that you love most about what you do?
1: This is gonna sound so elementary. Nah, let's let's do it. That I get to do it.
0: That you get to do it.
1: That I get to do it.
0: That's that's a dope 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 answer though.
1: Prior to doing this, it seemed impossible to do this because I had spent those years getting the the bachelor's degree, getting the master's degree, getting the social work licensure. Because of other personal, you know, a personal yeah. area of my life. You know, my life kind of seemed kind of planned out. I was going from, you know, one step of stone to the next. And it seemed like, you know, just one foot in front of the other. Yeah, yeah. I always aspired to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But places where I found my life and just working and in school and getting degrees, it never seemed possible. I never thought that I had the time to go turn my nail license into a full cosmetology license to be even able to do hair or to be a salon owner Mm -hmm. or anything. Always been a dream. Never, you know, saw it being possible in the near future. And the one thing that, you know, was heartbreaking about my aunt passing, not only, you know, that was my aunt, she, we were very close. Right. But the plan was when she retired, I would get another job, switch jobs, do something so I can go finish Paul Mitchell and we were going to be salon owners together. Really? Yes. Wow. Or I was going to be the salon owner and she was going to be my operations manager. So I was going to do hair and she was going to run my salon. She was going to be my receptionist and my manager and everything. And it was just like... Going like that. Go on like that. So, I, it was my business to me. Yeah. That dream could not die with her. hmm So, you know, it takes a village because it's nothing that I did on my own mm-hmm. from my mother literally stepping in and counseling me on those nights where I'm like, I'm, I don't know how, I'm about to quit a job.
0: Right, right. How
1: this going? work? And- And you can do that, you know, to her saying, just, you got this. It's going to happen. You can do it. Mm -hmm. To her even, you know, I don't say it often, but what financial aid didn't cover, she covered. She stepped up and did that for me.
0: When you went to school? Yes.
1: Wow. When I completed palm Mm
0: Mitchell,
1: My dad, when I quit my job, I was able to go work for him and his business. Mm-hmm. to keep income, yeah. you know, in my household, yeah, yeah. but pursue my dream. So, like, when I say, you know, oh, I'm a hairstylist and I run a lot, I chew. I'm standing on everybody's shoulders. Right, I, right. I'm a dream kid. Like, that, you know, they allowed me that. So, it's not just about me. I feel like I owe a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Even my mentor who was done mentoring and done training no, I need you to do this one more time.
0: Right, one more. You
1: you got to come. And she said no. She never, she's like a mother big sister. It's never been no, but she's like, no, I ain't going to do it. And made me go on a job interview and made me do all of these things. For and her. I called her immediately. No, oh, not She made, you gonna, she made, you made me go, on a go job to job somebody else. Yeah.
0: In the hair business. Yes. To she, get mentored and this, all that. Yeah,
1: like, go see what they talking about. As soon as I got in the car, I ran it down. She like, come to my house right now, we gotta figure this out. Wow.
0: And and you talking about Maida. Yes. Man, I know Maida too, man. That's my so girl.
1: when I, you know, people and I don't know what people think, you know, you hear things from time to time, but nobody besides my parents mm-hmm. has made ways for me like she has. So I'm never gonna. She's never not gonna be my mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm never not gonna. You know what I'm saying. She has made ways out of no ways with personal. You know what I'm saying. Personal access and different things like that. Things that she didn't have to do. So you know when 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 people look out for you like that and they love you like that, and not to mention, mm-hmm. you said we would save that for the real interview. But just the things that I personally had to come through to be where I am today. Oh, I don't yeah. give nothing for my
0: journey cuz I I got a story. Oh, for sure. Uh, hey, listen. We going we 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 going to pause it right there. I think we going we going to find ourselves. No, no, no. We're not going to stop now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I want to do part 2. I am enjoying this conversation, but I do want to ask you one more thing and then we're going to end this conversation and I definitely got to get you back for all the stuff that we left out, all the stuff that we didn't have time for. Ending this one here. What would you? What would people say about you? As, meaning, as far as what kind of person you are. If, if I was to ask different people, or your circle, or your friends, whatever. Um, what would they? What would they say about you?
1: Oh, they would definitely say I'm. I'm funny. Right. I'm a good friend. I think I make it easy to be my friend. Mm-hmm. I try to. I'm not the same friend to any of my friends. Right. And when I say that, I mean, everybody is different. So I tailor my friendship to that specific friend. Mm. I have a sister circle. I'm not the same friend to Maida than I am to Tiana, than I am to Carissa, mm-hmm. than I am to the Kalia, Brittany. Right, none, right. Of, none of my friends. But I think that they would tell you I'm a good friend. Mm-hmm. More like a sister. Okay, I have sister friends. Like, there is nobody that's in my sister circle that I don't look at as a sister. Right. I'm funny. I know you are. <laughs> I, I know. I think that they would say that I'm funny. I think that they would say. I mean, I definitely have a mean streak. With when provoked, I have a bad temper.
0: That listen, that's okay. I, Especially um, when you put the "when provoked" on there, because it's like I ain't no killer.
1: But don't push me.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I'm a picky eater. Okay. Everybody was, I'm a picky eater.
0: Yeah.
1: I love chicken wings. If you know me, you know that.
0: Oh, you, you're one of those. I'm one
1: of those. So. That's dope. Yeah.
0: That's dope. Well, look, I'm glad I got a chance to get this conversation with you. And I look forward to our next conversation. Cool.
1: Should, should we share with the people?
0: Well, if you want, go ahead.
1: How do you know me?
0: You are my wife. Yes. And I'm so, so, so blown away by even your story. I know some of it, but I just wanted my listeners to kind of, you know, understand who you are. But I, I know the woman. I know a lot of things about you. But I'm still always in awe of your story and when I you tell, when you say you different things like that. So
1: ask me to to interview me.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I mean, listen, we we definitely have to do this again. And I mean, soon, it's soon, definitely
1: soon. a mutual respect, not just because we are husband and wife, but um, we are friends. Absolutely. And I respect you Absolutely. as a hustler and a motivator yeah. as well. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Robin Riddick. And we will talk to you soon.
1: My pleasure.
0: Yeah.